Father, I just thank you that you're ministering to lives like only you can do. You're speaking to hearts like only you can do. God to break through for us. We look to you. Thank you, Father. Amen. God is good. That's where you guys say all the time, and then I say all the time, and you guys say, there we go. Jeez. Um, before, before I begin, I... Um, my message, uh, I'm going to talk to you real quick about just an encouragement um, for you regarding the elections. Now, I, I'm not going to talk about parties or who chose what, or I mean, I'm sure that, um, you know, we're all different people and we don't necessarily all agree um, on political things. However, uh, there was a majority, so I can kind of guess that there was... A majority, but nonetheless, I just want to talk to you real quick about it. In uh, 1 Timothy 2, it says, Most of all, I'm writing to encourage you to pray with gratitude to God. Pray for all men with all forms of prayer and requests as you intercede with intense passion. And pray for every political leader and representative so that we would be able to live tranquil, undisturbed lives as we worship the awe-inspiring God with pure hearts. It says here to pray, to pray, pray, pray for our leaders. Never in, in I shouldn't say that, right now we're at a place where we, we need to pray. We need to make sure that we're holding them in prayer, Justin Trudeau praying for him. The Bible says that death and life are in the power of our tongue. That we can bless or we can curse. And think about it, if, if we're constantly cursing our government, if we're saying words that are death, or we're saying those things, we will have what we say. And I know that some of us are, are you know, we're frustrated because it's not what we maybe wanted or, or whatnot, but nonetheless, we have to bless. We have, to, we have to make sure that we are praying over him and blessing him, not cursing him and the government because who knows? Who knows what moment could change? You think of Paul, who was Saul in the Bible, and he was doing all kinds of terrible things, killing Christians. And he had a moment that changed everything. God showed up, and that exact same thing can happen if we begin to pray. If we begin to, to watch what we say and we begin to just bless, bless him, pray over him, encounters, God, that, that there would be godly wisdom that rises up, that, there would, that he would know the way to walk in it, that he, would, that he would hear your voice. Father, that there'd be convictions that come. Amen? Amen. Because in um, 2 Chronicles, it says, in 2 Chronicles 7, 14, if my people, who's that? us who are called by my name oh, me will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways then I will hear from heaven and I will forgive their sin and I will heal their land Father we thank you that you're healing our land <laughs> Amen So Father 
As I speak today, Father, I don't want it to just be my words. I want you to work through me. I want you to do what only you can do. I thank you that you are moving in our midst and that you have plans and purposes for each one of us here. So, Father, your kingdom come, your will be done. And Father, I need your grace. Father, thank you for your peace and your joy to settle in. Father, that we would know in greater depths the love and the kindness and the mercy of our Father. Thank you. Amen. Well, I'm going to talk to you, kind of dovetail a little bit off of what we talked about last week. And we were talking about Abraham and Sarah and how Abraham, or excuse me, Sarah, she um, was believing for the promise and she judged God faithful and the promise was given to her. She judged him faithful. But we also talked about um, how God showed up and in the middle of showing up, he, he came to tell them, you're going to have a son his name's going to be Isaac, and that son will come through you, Sarah. He will come through you, not through anybody else. That son will come through you, and you will give birth this time next year. And the Bible says when that happened, Sarah laughed in her heart. Remember we talked about this? She laughed in her heart. She didn't laugh out loud. She laughed in her heart. And when she laughed in her heart, she said in her heart to herself, how's that even possible? How am I going to even have a baby? How's this even possible? I'm 89 years old. And then God said to her, why did you laugh? Are not all things possible with God. Why did you laugh? And Sarah said, oh, I didn't laugh, no. And God said, oh, but you did laugh. Oh, but you did. And I want to talk about that because I believe that in that moment, God was revealing something that was in her heart. Sarah, there's something in your heart. Sarah, there's a pain, there's a wound in your heart. See, Sarah had gone from believing and, and trusting to hope deferred, hope deferred. Hope deferred means like, you know, you keep hoping, but the promise doesn't come. And so Sarah keeps hoping and hoping and hoping, and now her hope has gone deferred. And what does the Bible say about hope deferred? It makes your heart sick. So chances are, at this point in time, Sarah's heart is sick. And God shows up and says, okay, Sarah, why are you laughing in your heart? I'm not laughing. Oh, but it is. It's almost like, Sarah, you have some hurt in your heart. I'm, I don't have hurt in my heart. Oh, but you do have hurt in your heart. So I'm going to talk about this as though I know it's not something that's super popular to talk about at church. But God, but God talked to me about it and said, I want you to talk on the process, processing the pain processing the pain. I'll talk about a story in my own life. I was sitting down to pray, to read the Bible and talk to God. And as I was sitting down, God said, you're on a precipice. You're on a precipice. And I thought, man, that sounds good. I'm like on the edge of something, right? Like precipice. 
So I'm super excited about it, and I'm like, wow, a precipice of what, God? Tell me more, tell me more. And so I look up the definition, just because like, it's probably even more exciting if I look up the definition. I look up the definition, it's like, on the edge of a very steep cliff in a very dangerous place. So I'm like, okay, am I gonna die? <laughs> Oh my God, what does this mean? Are you warning me of danger? Is something about to happen to me? And I start to like, oh God, I didn't like this word. Why'd you tell me this? And honest to God, I'm like in full bone panic. And he says, hold up. My words don't come laced with fear. If you're in fear, back it up, back it up. So I'm like, okay, calm down, right? So I'm like, what did you mean by it though? And, and I, like, I, I'm trying to work through this. And he says, go to Job 4. So I go to Job 4 in the Message Bible, and this is what he says. This is what it says, and then I'll tell you what he said to me. It says, you yourself have done this plenty of times, spoken words that clarify, encourage those who are about to quit. Your words have put stumbling people on their feet and put fresh hope in people about to collapse. But now you're the one in trouble. You're hurting. You've been hit hard and you're reeling from the blow. Reeling means you're stumbling around, you're staggering around. He says, so God says, I'm sitting there and he's like, you're hurting. That's what jumps out. You're hurting. And I'm like, okay. I didn't think I was hurting. And what does that have to do with precipice? <laughs> so I go for a walk. And I'm, I'm thinking about this and I'm like, okay, God, like you're showing me two things. I'm hurting, okay. I'm hurting, okay, I'll get that. Precipice, okay? And so he says to me, I'm just gonna read this so I make sure I get it right. He says, but you're on the brink of a dangerous situation in your heart. And that he was stepping in. He says that your heart is hurting, that you're on a dangerous situation and I'm gonna step in. So I'm like, okay, I didn't think God that I was hurting and so what what do you mean by it so I began to process it tonight okay if I'm hurting and I'm in a dangerous place so I began to think okay I, every time in my life where I, I've, I've had and I know that there was trauma or that there was lots of hurt because sometimes there's layers sometimes there's layers sometimes you know you'll deal with one thing for instance my mom's death you know, I'd deal with it, I got that solved, and a year later, God will be like, hey, there's also this, it's layers, it's, and he knows when to deal with it. So I'm kind of going through every situation of trauma in my life, is there this, this, this? And then all of a sudden, boom, it hits me. I know exactly what it is. And it was this time in my life where I had gotten into sin. And I, yes, sin. And I'm not, I'm saying, I, I, this particular time was something I'd gotten myself into. I'm not saying that all of your pain was sin related, but actually a lot of times when you do have pain, you'll sin out of it. But um, for me, this instance that God was revealing was sin. And it was, it was sin that had echo effects. Like it, it went on, the sin didn't go on for years, but the effect of it, it went on for years. It was like trouble after trouble or thing after thing. And, 
And so it was a long time before it kind of came to an end. And so, and then God shows me it, and he shows me the connection even from that to another situation over here, and I'm like, oh my gosh. And then he shows me going for walks, and he shows me in the kitchen, and he shows me going about my life where the memories of that sin would come up. And I'd say, oh, no, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven. I, I asked for forgiveness, I'm forgiven. And I would push it down. He said, you see how you pushed it down? Yeah, I pushed it down every single time. I'd feel horrible, I'd feel dirty. I, I, I just, I couldn't believe who even is that person. Push it down, push it down, push it down. I'm forgiven, God forgave me. And he said, absolutely, Megan, you were forgiven 100%. But you never forgave yourself. You haven't forgiven yourself, he says. That you've begun to hate yourself. Didn't even see it. I didn't even see it was there, but God knows our hearts more than we know ourselves. And so I'm like, oh my gosh. That you've begun to hate yourself. And so then you begin to go on this journey with God, this processing with God where he begins to talk about your heart and then he begins to talk about the situation as you open your life and your heart to him and you begin to process the pain of everything that happened in your life. In Proverbs 4.23, I think, yeah, 4.23 it says, so above all, guard the affections of your heart. We know this verse so well, but Guard the affections of your heart, for they affect all that you are. They affect all that you are. Pay attention to the welfare of your innermost being, of who you are, for from it flows the wellspring of life. Pay attention to what's going on in your heart. Pay attention to what God is revealing. There are many times you will have those emotions come up or those memories come up and you're like, no, 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 oh no covered by the blood of Jesus, hallelujah. And it is, like God said, you are forgiven, but there is a pain in your heart that needs to be healed. And ignoring it doesn't help. So he says, pay attention to what's going on on the inside of you. Pay attention to the emotions. Pay attention to the pain. Pay attention to the memories that are coming up. Pay attention because I want to process it with you. Now look, you never want to go digging. That's not what I'm talking about. You don't leave here today and be like, oh, there's got to be something wrong with me. Well, there probably is something wrong with you. I promise there is. But it's not for you to dig. It's for God to bring up. Now listen, he will reveal it to you if you say, my life is open. If there's anything that you want to heal in my heart, I am open and let him go. But listen to what's going on in your life. If you're feeling deep sadness all the time, why are you feeling deep sadness? God, what is this sadness? What is it connected to? If you've got anger in your life, what is this anger? What is it connected to? A lot of times God will use your emotions to reveal what's in your heart. In Proverbs 15, you know, God, God began to show me as I was talking with him about it. He said, he even showed me in verses, but he said, you know, you're depressed. 
you've been depressed. And I'm like, I haven't been depressed. You know, thinking of depressed like on the commercials where, you know, people are sick or can't get out of bed and, you know, that kind of thing. And I'm like, I'm not depressed. I'm not like that. And he's like, oh, but you're covering it up with things. You're doing anything you can to keep yourself happy. You're doing anything you can to keep yourself on top. You're buying things, you know, like you're, you're just covering up anything on a good time. I need a good time. I need to be happy, 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 because I don't want to face what's actually going on inside of my heart. He says, you're depressed. Proverbs 15 says, a cheerful heart puts a smile on your face, but a broken heart leads to depression. Verse 15 says, everything seems to go wrong when you feel weak and depressed. But when you choose to be cheerful, every day will bring you more and more joy and fullness. Okay. I'm like, wait a minute. So, <laughs> choose? So like, if I have a broken heart and I'm depressed, do I just choose to be cheerful? No. When it says, when you choose to be cheerful, it actually means, it actually, the meaning of it actually means a healthy heart. When you choose a healthy heart, every day will bring you more and more joy and fullness. That when you choose to let God work inside of your heart, there are so many times we don't want, we don't want to go there. I don't want you to talk about my dad. I don't want you to talk about the abuse that happened. I don't want to remember the things that I got into. I don't want to remember the sin that I did. I don't want to go there. And you bury and you bury and you bury. He says, but those who choose to have a healthy heart. It's not fake it till you make it. I'm good, praise the Lord. Jesus is just gonna fix everything, hallelujah. No, those who choose a healthy heart. Do we cover it up? We pretend it's not there. We try to act good. And we try to act grown up. We try to act grown up like we got it all together. I tried to fix it mostly, God. I did my, I did my best. And then, we, and then we go to God like, okay, I fixed myself, so, so, you know, just put a little bit of your blessing on me and heal up whatever else instead of actually processing what's going on. Thinking that we need to go to him fixed. Thinking that we need to go to him as grown-ups instead of little kids that say help. The disciples believed this exact same thing when they went, when the little kids, they ran to Jesus and they go to Jesus and they're like, we just want to be around him. We just want to touch him. We want to sit with him. We want to play with him. We want to color with him. And the disciples are like, oh, no, 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 no. Away you go because grown-ups only get to be around Jesus. The mature only get to be around Jesus. And we go to him with this same attitude, like I'm, I got it together, God. I'm trying, I'm doing the things, I, I'm working when he's like, what? No, I wanna process this with you. What? No, I know your heart. You don't know your heart. 
I know what's going on in there. I know the pain it caused. I know when those things happen, I know what happened to your heart because I love your heart. I love who you are. And I see what the damage was that was done and I want you to have a healthy heart. But we're like, I'm grown up, God. I'm not immature like I used to be. Good. It's like a lady who goes and has this incredible skin condition. Say she has dead skin all over the place. Her skin is peeling like crazy. She's bleeding. She's itchy. She can't sleep at night. It's just bad. She goes to a dermatologist. She says to the dermatologist, you know, the dermatologist comes in, says, what's going on? And she says, well, you know, I have fair skin. I burn. I burn. Yeah. And I've been using a coconut oil. It's been helping. It's actually been helping quite a bit. So I just thought I'd update you, you know, if you have any suggestions, I guess. Or was there something wrong? Huh? You know, just a little bit of dry skin. But I'm working on it. I'm working on it with the coconut oil and stuff. Oh, are you sleeping at night? Well, yeah, not, not really, but I'm working on it, you know? What? She goes to an expert who knows, but doesn't reveal what's going on. Same lady. No, sorry, different lady, same issue. <laughs> Same issue, itchy, flaky skin, bleeding, can't sleep at night, goes to the doctor, dermatologist comes in, what's going on? I can't sleep at night, I'm exhausted. My skin is irritating me. I wanna crawl out of my skin, there is something wrong. Dermatologist, let's get this fixed. I know exactly what's going on. Who gets the help of the expert? And we go to God and we're like, joy, joy, just give me joy. I'm sad, but Lord, you are the God of joy, which he is, and those are good things. He's like, oh, there's some sadness in your heart there. You're depressed, you're buying things. Joy of the Lord is my strength. Praise the Lord. Be slain in the spirit, Sean. <laughs> But we do this, we, we, we go to him like, and, and he's like, I'm trying to show you something that's going on in your heart. Just like, just give me the coconut oil, God, just give me the coconut oil. Just rub that on. And I wanna fix what's going on in your heart. That we can go to him as actual little children. What does Jesus say? He continues to say, yeah. in verse 16, Never hinder a child from coming to me. I know that this verse encompasses a lot, but for today, this is, this is what we're focusing on. Let them all come, for God's kingdom realm belongs to those as much as it does to anyone else. They demonstrate to you what faith is all about. Little kids, they'll demonstrate to you what faith is all about. So I started thinking about this. What, what are little kids like in, in safe, home environments with moms and dads where they feel nurtured. What happens when they get upset? What do they do? Mom, I'm sad. Right? I'm feeling sad. They hurt my feelings. Those things hurt me. I fell and hurt my... I'm mad at that person. But they come... Whoa, I almost fell over. <laughs> they come 
to us in innocence because I know that you are my covering. You're the ones that love me. You're the ones that protect me. You teach me, you lead me, you guide me. I'm hurting. I know you can fix it. And Jesus says, the little ones teach us what faith is all about, that we can go to the Father and say, I'm hurting. Not grown up, not like I've got it fixed, I'm mostly working on it, I'm sorry for this. It's like, I know that you know my heart and I'm hurting. Then Jesus goes on to say, learn this well. Unless you receive the revelation of the kingdom realm the same way a little child receives it, it will never, you will never be able to enter in. It's not a formula. There's guides, but it's relationship. You hear that all the time, I know, but it's relationship. It's the kingdom. It's a father who loves and knows us and knows our heart. But we've been taught our whole lives that it's time for you to suck it up, buttercup. Put on your big girl pants. Stop crying. Boys don't cry. Boys don't have emotions. That's enough. And so the whole time we're like, I'm good. I'm good. I'm good. Push it down. I'm good. Joy of the Lord's my strength. I'm good. I'm forgiven. I'm good. Not. And I just, I just want, I just want to say this to you today. I, I want you to be released. Even men, I want you to be released to be able to process, be released to be able to feel the hurt of the things that happened. I'm not saying that you fall apart all over the place. If you do, hey, you do. But I just, I want you to be released of those expectations that were put on us as children, that were put on us in general in the world. We've done it. It's not just our parents. It was society in itself that said, hey, grow up. That's enough. That those expectations be taken off of you. David knew how to process his pain with God. David was all over the place. When he, when he, got into sin with Bathsheba and then they had a baby and that baby died. If you read it, he is processing his pain with God. Through every situation, if you read the Psalms, I'm only going to read a couple just to prove my point. It says in Psalms, he says, I cried aloud. I was in distress. This is all different chapters. Consider my groaning. I am languishing. My bones are troubled. Soul, soul is greatly troubled. I'm weary with my groaning. I flood my bed with tears. See my affliction. There's sorrow in my heart all day. I have no rest. He goes on and on and on where he is processing the pain. I'm in pain and I can't fix it. I need a father. I run to the father. It's okay to go through a season where you're not okay. There are going to be times in your life where you're not going to be okay, and that's okay. God is worried or is concerned about your heart. He loves your heart, and you are worthy enough to go through it, to deal with the pain. You're worthy, and you're worth it. You're worth it. In Isaiah 1, 
How does time go by so fast? In Isaiah 1, it says, Listen, O heavens, hear, O earth, for the Lord Yahweh has spoken. I tenderly nurtured children and made them great, but they've rebelled against me. Even a dumb ox instinctively, instinctively knows its owner, and the stubborn mule knows the hand that feeds him. He's saying, I have nurtured my children. I have loved on them. But they don't even know. And, and then he says, the, the ox and, and the, the, the mule, the ox and the... Mule, yeah, the ox and the mule, they know me. Or they know who their master is. They know that they can go and they get what they need. They can go and they can get fed. They know, but my children, they don't even know that they can come to me. They don't even know that I've got what they need. He says in the end, he says, and Israel does not know me, nor do my people understand. When he says, nor do my people understand, he says, they don't know my love and they don't know my kindness. My kindness. What you feel right now, if God is talking to you right now about the pain that you have in your life, this is the kindness of God. This is his kindness because he wants to see you set free. He wants to see you living a completely wonderful life in him. He wants to see you break through for the things, break free from the things that have held you back. This is the kindness of God towards you. When he takes you into situations and he reveals the hurts in your life, this is the kindness of God. It's his kindness. My people, they don't know me. They don't even understand that I nurture, I love, I know them. I am kind towards them. Verse 5 says, why would you seek to be injured any further? Why would you st stubbornly continue in your rebellion, keep running away from him? Your whole head is sick and your heart and your will are weak and faint. Why would you keep carrying it around when I want to see you set free? Why would you keep running away from me when I am kind and I am good and I am loving and I know exactly what you need? Why do you keep running from me? And we do this in our pain. Sometimes we even show up with God and we show up with him like we're masks, like hallelujah, praise the Lord, hallelujah, everything is good in my life, God. You're just gonna bless me every day, hallelujah. And then when we're upset and we're depressed, well, that's not the day we talk to God, am I right? Like not today. I'm not feeling up to it today to really get into the prayer room kick the demons right so then we're depressed and we're like well I can't go and spend time with him I'm upset and that's not who God wants to see when I pray so I'm just gonna ignore him today and he's like what why would you carry that around any longer why would you not want that dealt with come 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 to the kindness come to the love come to the mercy I know what it is that you need with God there is always an exchange for everything that you're going through there's always an exchange if you will go to him and begin to process the pain there's an exchange look at this Isaiah 61 
I'm going to start in verse 2. To proclaim the year of the Lord's favor and the day of vengeance of our God. To comfort all who mourn. Listen, this is who he is. This is his kindness. I want to comfort you. You're upset. You're mourning over something. And it doesn't have to be a big deal. Sometimes you're just mourning over losses. And you think that's selfish for me to bring it to God. He's got much bigger. No, if you are mourning in your heart, God wants to process that with you. He wants to talk about it with you. Because he's the one who comforts everyone that mourns. To proclaim the year, no. Verse 3, and provide for those who grieve in Zion. To bestow on them, here's the exchange, to, best, to bestow on them the crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. A garment of praise instead of a spirit of despair. They will be called oaks of righteousness, a planting of the Lord for the display of his splendor. They will rebuild the ancient rooms and restore the places long devastated. They will renew the ruined cities that have been devastated for generations. So there's an exchange that happens when you go to him in your pain. There, when I go to him in my pain, I'm like, okay, this is, this is what's going on. You've revealed this to me. I'm hurting. God, what thought process do I have? What lies are behind it? that I've believed that are causing me to keep hurting. And you wait for an exchange, but here it says, that they will renew the ruined cities and that have been devastated for generations. And when I read that this morning even, I felt like there has like been a generational curse, a generation, a thing that's been handed down. Maybe it's depression or I don't know what it is. Maybe it's, it's some sort of generational thing that has gone from generation to generation to generation. And you're like, maybe it's sickness. I don't know. But there's this generational thing. And he says, no, no, you process with me. I'll break that thing that's been on your family's life from generation to generation. That pain that's been passed down. Strangers will shepherd your flocks. Foreigners will work your fields and vineyards, and you will be called priests of the Lord and will be named ministers of God. You will feed on the wealth of nations and in the riches you will boast. Instead of your shame, you will receive a double portion. And instead of disgrace, you will rejoice in your inheritance. And so you will inherit a double portion in your land and everlasting joy will be yours. There is always an exchange when you come to the Father. My pain for his peace. My pain for his healing. My sadness for his joy. My shame for his favor, for his grace. This is who he is. This is the kindness of the Father. Wayne, can you come here and grab a microphone? Oh, there's one here. I'm going to talk about this real quick because sometimes you leave and you're like, great, process the pain. How do I do that? They just talked about it. I don't know how to do it. So I'm going to talk really quick about 
about some of the ways that you can do it. But one is you get honest. There are times where God's going to ask you to talk about what it is that's hurting you. He may, I mean, like, he may ask you to talk about it with someone, but he may ask you just to say it out loud because you don't want to. That's happened to me many times. Write it down. I don't want to. I don't even want to go into detail. Do it. Being honest with God. And you're like, yeah, but he knows. Yeah, but he wants to hear you say it. It's one of the best ways to get rid of shame. Say it over and over and over again until it has no hold on you. Give your emotions to God. This is how I'm feeling, God. I'm laying it at your feet. This is what's going on, God. I'm laying it at your feet. Wait. Wait. A lot of times you'll do the first steps. You'll go, okay, this is how I feel. This is what's going on in my life. And haven't heard anything good. Good to go. (laughs) Wait. Wait, wait, wait for the exchange. Sometimes there won't be what you feel like in exchange. Sometimes you'll wait and you'll wait and you'll wait and you won't hear anything. And then one day you'll be cutting onions and boom, you hear something. But wait, don't ever leave that place to think, I talked to him, I gave him the emotions. No, he's got something to say. He's got something to speak. There's an exchange that he wants to give you. Ask God what his heart is in the matter. What are you saying to me in this moment, God? What was your heart about the things that happened? What would you say to me, God, in this? Now wait again. And receive. Because he always has something to give to you. That's who he is. He always has something to give to you. So I'm going to bring Wayne. Wayne's just going to tell a quick story. We're going to be done shortly here. But um, Wayne's going to tell a story about how he processed pain. Of course, we know that Wayne's been on a big journey, a year-long journey of God revealing things in his heart, uh, revealing hurts that have gone back years and years and years that some of the things he didn't even know were there. And God's just beginning to reveal things, and he's been having to process the pain. And so he's going to talk about one situation so you can kind of see how we process pain. Go ahead, Wayne. Um, I, God took me on this journey to give you notice. Lots of, lots of pain. And lots of layers that may, they can mention taken off. So, the one layer was, I don't even know what I was doing. But it, it, it's, um, throughout this past year, I had suddenly got a desire to get a dog. I never had a desire for that before. Um, and I, I thought, well, maybe this is the new me. You know, I, I want a dog. And, and, and this, I thought of this for about three, and every time I saw a dog, and every time I saw somebody with a dog, I wanted to get a dog. And, and I'm thinking, this is just too weird because I've never wanted a dog before. So this went on for about three weeks, and then God brought a memory back to me of when I did have a dog. I went through a lot of trauma as a child and all the time that I spent going through the trauma I spent with my arms around this dog and I hadn't remembered this so God brought this memory back but the memory he brought back to me was the dog got sick when I was about 15 years old and 
my dad made me kill the dog. Um, the only thing that had gotten me through all the trauma as a young child, and really the only thing that really never hurt me as a child, I killed. And God brought this memory back, and I started to cry, and I cried. Um, and I had to take the pain because it was there, and I and I and I like Megan said I had to take it to God, and I and I had to just cry before God because it hurt so much, and it probably took me two weeks to deal with it um, because as a 15-year-old I just buried it um, and then carried on with my life and buried it. And, so God brought this back and it was affecting it was affecting me and how I was now and so I had to deal with it to carry on the way God wanted me to carry on and I took it to God and I just cried and I cried and I cried now it doesn't mean that everyone has to cry that's just the way I processed it and I had to give it to God because I couldn't fix the pain on my own there is no way that I could make the pain go away and if I bury it, it doesn't go away. It just goes behind. And it'll come out exactly when you don't want it to. And it'll come out and you'll go, why did I do that? And, you know, it'll, it'll come out. And so I had to just go to God and said, you take this, God, and, and take the pain and, and heal my heart. Because it is a healing. It's not just a taking away. It's a healing process. And it is a healing of your heart. And... Um, and God did. He healed it because I'm talking about it and not crying. <laughs> so so God, God, he took it. And I don't know how he does it. I mean, you give it to him and, and you let him take it. And I don't know how he does it. But if you give him permission, he will do it. Yeah. But if you don't give him permission to go into your heart, he's not going to. Yeah. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. Yeah. And if you open it, then he'll come in. And he'll start cleaning it up. I had no idea I had a rotten heart. I really didn't know that. But God starts showing me all these things, and I give it to him, and he cleans it up, and he heals your heart. And it's a healing. Like, it's, it's not a cleansing of, well, I guess it is a cleansing in a sense. But think of it as a healing. It's no different than asking God to heal a disease, and God heals it. It's like healing your heart, because we all have trauma. We all have areas where our heart needs to be healed. And I am sure my heart isn't completely healed. But whenever God brings something to me, I give it to him. But he never brings it until I offer it. I say, God, my heart is open. I am listening. Do whatever you need to do. I give, I give you me. I don't give you my life. I don't give you my job. I don't give you my house. But I give him me. The, me. I don't know if I'm making it clear or not. But the, the real me. You give him yourself. God will change it and God will bring it out and, let him, and he'll do it if you give it to him. That's good. Thank you. So I'm, I just have one thing that I want to do before we close here. And um, actually, Wayne, can you stay for a second? Um, we're going to go into a song. I'm going to turn the lights down if you can. It won't be long. But unlike Wayne was saying, that we have to give him permission as to what's going on. God, you know me. You know my heart more than I know myself, so I give you permission to go in. I, I give you permission. 
And like he said too, it's not always a quick thing. Sometimes it is quick. There are times where God's revealed, uh, even to Wayne, he reveals it. This is what's going on in your heart. Oh my gosh, God, deal with it. Boom, it's dealt with. But then there are times where it, it's, maybe it's got a big root, I don't know. But at times where it takes weeks of processing, of giving it to God, of talking about with him until it goes away. So don't think it's a quick fix. Not all the time, sometimes it is. But it's all about relationship with him. It's all about you're in this with him. And like Wayne said, you can't heal it yourself. You can't fix it yourself. And so just here this morning, it's the kindness of God to heal your heart, to bring up those things. Not because he wants to make you feel guilty if some of it's like, I am so ashamed, I'm so embarrassed about those things. No, he's not bringing it up because he wants you to feel shame. He's bringing it up because he wants it healed. So Wayne's going to pray over you. And then we're just going to go into a song. And we're just going to sit for a couple minutes and just talk with God. If he's revealing something, God, if you're revealing something in my heart, let me know. I even said that before I came up this morning. God, this isn't just for the people. This is for me. I know you know my heart. So deal with me, God, however you want to. God, show me whatever it is. I need healing too. Father God, I thank you. I thank you that you love us so much. I thank you, Lord, that you love us enough to open our hearts and to heal them. I thank you, Lord God, that you love us enough to move on our behalf. So Father, as we are all here in your presence this morning, we open our hearts to you. Father, we give you permission to dig in our hearts and dig out anything that you don't want there. Lord, and then show us what it is so that we can give it to you so that you can heal our hearts. So you can heal our hearts. Father, I pray that you would move on each and every person out here. Move in their hearts, Lord. And as they give their hearts to you, Lord, I pray that you would I know you will, Lord. You do it for all of us. I thank you, Lord, for moving in our hearts and cleansing our hearts and healing our hearts, Lord, and putting your love in our hearts instead of our trauma in our hearts. Lord, we need you so bad, and we need your love so much. Father, I thank you that you are willing to do this and you want to do this. And so we give you permission, Lord, to go ahead and dig in our hearts and show us anything in there that we need to give to you.